0: Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez.
1: All right, Outcomes Rocket listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. Again, I want to welcome you and I invite you to go to outcomesrocket.com/slash reviews, where you could check out our show reviews and also leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. We bring you the best and that's why we request feedback so that we know how we're doing. So without further ado, I want to introduce our outstanding guest today. Her name is Anne Lodge. She's a scientist, entrepreneur, and she is the founder at Astarte Biologics. They're doing some pretty amazing things there, but really their focus is to provide characterized human cells and animal model systems for study of inflammation and immunity. Their focus is precision medicine, and she's done so many things across the healthcare continuum for the past 20 years. She's got such a amazing credentials from Vanderbilt University, just her study in cell and molecular biology. She is truly dedicated to this field, listeners, and I'm so privileged to welcome Anne to the podcast today. Anne, welcome to the podcast. Fill in any of the gaps there that I may have missed in the intro.
0: Well, thank you for that very gracious introduction, Saul. I I can't imagine what I'd fill in. I'm pleased to be with you today.
1: The pleasure is ours, Anne, and uh, we're so glad you carved out some time to chat about your specialty. And uh, before we do dive into that, Anne, uh, what is it that got you into the medical sector to begin with?
0: Oh, well, gosh, it's just my curiosity. I think once upon a time I would have been a bird watcher. But um, looking for a a way to get my interest in the natural world with a good career possibility behind it led me to laboratory science and how we can learn more about black box we live inside of, you know, uh, how does our body work and how does it break down and how can we fix it?
1: Yeah, that's really interesting, Anne. And I love birds too. Just aligning those interests in ways that help shape and help us kind of build a career. You know, it's uh, interesting how we got to make sense of it all. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs too, wanting to get into this space are faced with that reality, you know, wanting to put together a solution that they're excited about versus finding a way to fit into the healthcare system in a sustainable way. You found a really cool sector of specialized medicine Give us your thoughts on how leaders today in healthcare need to be approaching this topic.
0: Approaching personalized medicine in a sense. Yes. Yes, I think we've gone from, you know, it's kind of the natural progression of science. We are now reducing down to, gee, there's there's clearly differences in the human population. We've uh, long studied it in groups, you know, and uh, assessing how people as a group behave. And now coming to appreciate that, gee, there's an awful lot of individual variation within any group, whether it's people with breast cancer or people with an autoimmune disease, there's a lot of individual variability. In my own specialty in immunology, the individual variations are are maybe more acute because it's all keyed in on very individualized genetic background. And that's what has led me into providing human immune cells because they need be provided as individuals you can't just pool them together in the more traditional way so we we've tackled that problem so that people researchers can appreciate those differences between individual blood donors between individual immune systems and how individuals respond differently and so it's been it's been great to be able to do that
1: it's a big deal and you know you guys have really Shaped the way here, and and given these researchers and labs the the opportunity to take these advances in in personalized care. Can you give uh, the listeners an example, Anne, of how some of the work that you guys have done, or customers you've served, how this has improved outcomes?
0: So, well, we're as you are probably aware, there's a lot of excitement around the immunotherapy approach to cancer. So. The CAR T cells, the checkpoint inhibitors like Optivo and Keytruda, having a big impact. So there's lots of excitement around extending those advances. But clearly, there's still, gee, this some patients do really well on these drugs, some patients don't. What's the difference? And we've been able to look at some of those differences in just our donor population, which is really fascinating to see in the test tube, so to speak, in vitro, yes. that you can recap that. You can see that, hey, this individual, in our experiments, responds to that drug by orders of magnitude uh, greater than individual Y over there, where, gee, there maybe is the a response, but it's not that impressive. We've seen our customers are, tend to be keep their cards close to their chest. But they'll develop a fascination with a particular set of donors and reorder those because they have seen something unique in that individual right. that may lead us to a greater understanding of the system.
1: And and as we dive into these drugs that are doing a much better job, but just don't, you just, it's not one size fits all. How do providers think about this? How do you put your head together with the deliverer of care and Does it look like a test that they have to do a genetic test? What is your vision there? What do you think?
0: Sure, I think that's that's exactly right. Is they need more help from, and there's certainly people working on this problem of what's the right biomarker? Can we test somebody and say, okay, this individual will will respond, so we can go right to the medication that will work best for them. Yes. Versus somebody else doesn't have that biomarker. Let's try some other approach. And that is, I think, the ideal that many of us are striving for so that you get your diagnosis. And to some extent, this is already happening. I think breast cancer is perhaps a good example of this where they can look at the tumor and say, gee, this will this tumor will respond to these medications and we'll treat with that. Now, if you could apply that model to more more tumors and outside of cancer therapy to other arenas where you could apply the right medicine to the right patient. So um, That would be powerful for the provider to be able to know, we're not going to have to go through an experiment here of finding out what the right medication is for you. We're going to run a test and know that this is the right medication for you.
1: Thanks for explaining that, Anne. It seems like there's a uh, an opportunity to have a more robust testing mechanism to help providers uh, nail down these things, and maybe more defined biomarkers to help. Exactly. Got it. So that's really interesting. I can imagine people are working on this, right?
0: Oh, yes. Absolutely. There's great interest. And like I said, I think breast cancer is perhaps a good example. Some of the blood cancers, the leukemias, also have good biomarkers, partly because with blood cancers, you can get to the source of the problem. In other arenas, right. I think there's just a lot more work to be done to kind of catch up to those examples. Got it. And maybe prevalence
1: is a big factor too, right?
0: Sure. Sure. Breast cancer is uh, very prevalent, but so is prostate cancer. And I think we it's lagging behind in understanding which prostate cancers may not be as aggressive as others.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's a really good good distinction to make there. And, you know, as a provider, you really got to, you know, stop and ask yourself, what are we doing as an institution to make sure we're aligning to these practices that can help our patients do better? This is a great example. And I recently had the flu and it's nothing like cancer. But I'll tell you what, (laughs) I felt so sick. And I'll tell you, if I had to feel that way for a long period of time, I would want to make sure that whatever you gave me was going to work. And I would be willing to do whatever it took to make sure that what I was going to take was going to help me in the long run versus just, hey, let's try this. It might
0: work. Exactly. I think that is what really need to recognize throughout the healthcare system is that there's an awful lot of what we do that benefits maybe 20% Mm -hmm. of the patient. And then there's another 80% maybe don't get that degree of benefit. And right. gee, if we could understand that better, healthcare ought to be cheaper. If you get to give the right drug the first time around and have that, the kind of impact you want to have, that's the outcomes we, all, we really want to aim towards. But to get there, we got to study a lot of folks and pool a lot of data to understand how the biomarkers link to the outcomes and how the drugs interact with that and some of it is just plain going to take time. It's interesting that there has been a test on the market for quite some time that measures the difference in how we each metabolize a drug, but it doesn't get a lot of usage. And I don't honestly know if that is because it's not seen as delivering the benefit that you would hope for. When I learned of it, I said, gee, we should run this Test that measures differences in cytochrome P450. Gee, everybody should get this before they get any drugs. It should yeah. be like your blood type. Yeah. And then you know if this person metabolizes fast or slow. And therefore you can adjust dosage, get it right the first time. It's
1: not done. Why do you think that is, Ann? Why do you think that well, test doesn't get usage?
0: That I have not had somebody explain to me because I, I think I raised that to somebody. I said, We've got this. How come this test, it's cleared by the FDA? It's on the market. How come it doesn't get run? And I've never gotten a good clear answer. I think it might be expensive. It might be that between the expense and making it clear to providers how to use the results of that test is not clear. There's some gaps in there that haven't been properly filled. And yet, hey, there is a tool that probably... Needs some help. Somebody needs to pick up the ball and make it clear to providers, gee, if, here's what you do when you get the results of this test. Totally. And somebody needs it to make it clear to the payers, hey, this could prevent
1: bad oh, side effects,
0: additional expense, delays in recovery, all kinds of things.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think this is a great call out and you know, something that is all too common in healthcare. We tend to stick to ways of you know, same ways of doing things and if something new innovative comes out, it really takes time for for it to gain traction. There needs to be studies and even sometimes if there's studies, it still doesn't even take off. So
0: This is one of those where it, it just it needs to you can't just throw it out there and hope for acceptance. It it needs Some real push and education to kind of say, oh, this is something that should be part of somebody's medical file and guide prescribing information and such. And I I think this is going to be a repeated story across the industry, that there are going to be some tests that will get that uptake, that, that clinicians will understand it and kind of grab for that. And other instances where it will just kind of (laughs) <laughs> you know, it just won't get the uptake that maybe it it should get. And so I think, yeah, we need to put our, our heads together and get the interested parties at the table and say, let's see how this can work and make use
1: of it. And I think that's such a great call out and and listeners, you know, the thing that we're we're talking about here is is adoption of technologies that make sense. The point that Ann is is really outlining for us is that your solution is not going to work for everybody. Just like a specific therapy won't work for all patients, a specific medical solution is not always going to resonate with all clinicians or all hospitals. So you just got to make sure you tell yourself Find those that this will match most with and run with that and be active in your pursuit because hope is not a strategy. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> Anne, so you've been at this for quite some time. Can you share with the listeners a time when you made a mistake or failed you know, as a scientist and maybe with a and and what you've learned to be stronger today?
0: Oh, gosh. Well, science is built on failure, so... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and un- unfortunately, there are days where there seems to be a lot of it. As an entrepreneur, I think my one regret that I have is that I turned away from the business for a couple of years, and I was fortunate to find some business partners to kind of take it on and help it to grow for a while while I went and got another job. I think mm-hmm. in hindsight, I would have hung-, hung in there longer and found a way to stay with the business because... For those couple of years, I was sort of a silent partner and missed an opportunity to kind of experience that part of the growth process, make some different decisions, or even participate in the decisions that were made in a more active way. So I think if I had it to do over again, yeah, I would have stayed. I would have eaten more peanut butter and jelly and uh, (laughs) ramen. That's right. (laughs) Whatever it is. Hey,
1: ramen can be really good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> ramen ramen is still good. Um whatever it takes, because if you if you believe in what you're doing, you really should stick it out.
1: Uh, that's such a great, great pearl there. And listeners, the reason why we asked the why at the beginning of each show is to dig deep. And to understand what the passion that drives you to do what you do, because if you have that clear, if that is always resonating and you just feel the punch of that every morning you wake up is without a doubt, you'll stake your course. And 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 definitely is feeling that now and she's moving forward. That's why she's fully engaged in her company. Some pretty cool things going on there. Uh, startte and educated me before we got on the show is is a mythology goddess that is revered for her things in in war and in love and in leadership. And so this name, you guys, I encourage you all to to check out what they're up to at AstarteBio.com. We'll provide that link in the show notes. But Anne, let's dive into this a little bit further. Give us one of your proudest medical leadership moments that you've experienced to date.
0: Well, I would have to say, you know, we were able to help one of our customers, clients, Develop a new test for their drug. It was a really intellectually satisfying project to work on. It involved an area of immunology that, that has always interested me and very interesting drug that is on the market and helps a lot of individuals with multiple sclerosis. So learning more about that drug and how to test it to make sure that each batch manufactured is consistent. It's a very complex treatment. Or drug, if you will, it's a—it's really a a mixture, and, and a li- little bit black boxy. And we were able to learn more about that, how we could test and ensure that it was the same thing coming out the end of their manufacturing process each time. And they patented that, and I was named on the patent. And, and that's kind of a pleasure. It's a—it's a funny thing. I won't make any money off of that. <laughs> But it's still a mark of, hey, this is, a, this is a new idea that the group of us came up with us and we were able to reduce it to practice. And, and that's kind of a cool thing.
1: That's a really cool thing. And, and you've baked in your, your history there in helping patients with multiple sclerosis ensure mm-hmm. that they have a safe delivery and effective delivery of care.
0: Right. Yes.
1: yes. That's big. That's, that's a lot to be proud of. Congratulations, Anne. Thank you. So what would you say uh, an exciting project that you have going on right now?
0: I'm really excited about our line of antigen-specific T-cells. The, the uh, Your T-lymphocytes are really an army of disease fighters. But the interesting thing about this army is that each soldier, if you will, each T-cell yes. is directed against a different enemy. So you're, you have T-cells that will attack the flu virus. You have T-cells that will attack Epstein-Barr virus that causes infectious mono. And so you have all of these different types out there. They're very rare individually. So if huh. I was to look for those cells that fought off the flu you had, yes, they'd only be present in like one in 10,000 of wow. your T lymphocytes. Kind of rare. Fascinating. are we're, we're enriching those and Providing more purified or more enriched for whatever you like, you know, <laughs> I'll throw yeah. it out there, whatever you want. So we have cells against the flu. We have cells against, say, Omega you know, different viruses at this point. And, uh, we're going to launch one that is specific for a tumor antigen called WT1. So theoretically, our product is only meant for research, but there are those that are working on developing a treatment where you would infuse tumor-specific T-cells and fight off the cancer that way. Those kind of studies are going on. We're doing the research corollary of that so that people can look at them and say, okay, what makes it effective versus maybe ineffective? So we think that these will be useful tools in learning how to manipulate that part of the immune system.
1: That is so fascinating.
0: Yeah. I kind of had a vision of gee, there are all these companies that sell different antibodies to everything you can imagine. Yes. And antibodies, monoclonal antibodies are a very widely used tool. They've been invaluable. To me, I think we could do the same thing with T-cells and they would be the same but different kind of tool and the types of different T-cells we could make would be nearly endless and would help us, as I said, you know, understand that part of the immune system and how we can use that for people's health cancer immunotherapy or in the opposite direction, how do we tone those down so that celiac disease and rheumatoid arthritis are controlled better? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Anne, just for the sake of a a simple example, if you have five T cells in your body, only one of them, say, would fight cancer and the other four stay dormant because they're not the ones that would be activated?
0: Yeah. They're not the right ones. They don't match.
1: And then what you're suggesting is you would help populate the T cell with more of its soldier types so that it could fight the disease faster.
0: Correct. Yes. More soldiers directed against whatever disease you're you're fighting.
1: Love it. I I think that's such such a very interesting idea.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think met with a researcher from the University of Washington and we kind of joked about, here's what we have to do. And actually, nature has already done that. How do we make nature do that? Yeah. <laughs> on cue. Um, That's right. Right.
1: That is fascinating. We recently interviewed a guest who is a specialist in combinatorial biology, and uh, he was talking about the amphibian kingdom and how these animals can regenerate even organs. Yes. Why can't we? Entire
0: limbs, Yeah, Entire if, limbs. <laughs> if they can regrow a, a leg, why can't we? Right. right. It's like, well, sure, why not?
1: these are the questions uh, we need to be asking right and these are the
0: the questions we need to ask and 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 not laugh because they sound like they came from a six-year-old i i think that's a it's a reasonable question why can't we do that yeah figure out how does the frog do it so that we can trick the human into doing it there's a genetic program there it's there in the dna uh we just need to trigger it somehow that's right yeah yeah, and this is Wouldn't the imagine ex- world if you oh. could just regenerate your. There are so many veterans that have lost limbs. Can you imagine if they could have those limbs back?
1: Unbelievable! It would be a dream.
0: Yes. yes, that's what science is. It's a great place for dreamers like like me and a guest you had that wondered why can't we grow a new limb. We should wonder those things and then pursue those wonders and find out more. And through that understanding, we we may be able to to perform those kind of wonders.
1: Well, I think it's so cool, Anne, and you know what you guys are up to at Astarte Biologics, uh, your theme of let's discover together is so in tune with our belief here at Outcomes Rocket where, hey, we got to break down the silos and discover together. Let's help improve outcomes together. In that spirit, Anne, I want to invite you to build a medical leadership course with me today. It's the 101 or the ABCs of Dr. Ann Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is going to be four questions lightning round style. We're going to put a syllabus together for the listeners. We're going to finish that syllabus off with a book that you recommend to them. You ready? Okay. All right. I'm What's the best way it
0: to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> what is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
0: Understand individual differences. What is the understand big- the patient being treated, yeah.
1: Love it. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
0: Lumping people together.
1: How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change?
0: Stay relevant is staying up with the change. God, there's an awful lot to stay up with, but that's what makes it work.
1: What is one area of focus that should drive everything else in your organization?
0: What can we learn?
1: Yep. What can we learn? That's a, it's a great question. And then that thought process, what book would you recommend for the listeners so they could learn more?
0: You know, this is a tough one. And I've read some good, uh, <laughs> you know, but I got to say, I love the late Oliver Sacks, who wrote beautiful pieces about individual patients and what their experience of their own illness or handicaps were. And the amount that he could learn from one individual about a particular de- disease state really came true in all of his writings. So, Island of the Blind, I think it is called, or The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. That's a good one.
1: All right. And Sounds Mrs. interesting.
0: A hat. Yes, exactly. So all of his, uh, or many of his books were about mistakes of perception, of our senses feeding us the wrong information. So I think there's multiple levels you can enjoy in his writings, both from a healthcare perspective of talking to the patient, understanding the patient, which he clearly did throughout his career, and also what we can learn about our own perceptions and how we can be led astray by our own perceptions. So a kind of cautionary tales as
1: well. love it. And such a great recommendation and listeners don't worry about writing this down. Just go to outcomesrocket.com slash Ann Lodge. That's A-N-N-E-L-O-D-G-E. And you'll be able to get this syllabus that we just put together for you a link to Dr. Lodge's company, as well as all of the resources that we've mentioned through our Q&A today on the interview. So before we conclude, Anne, I'd love for you to just share a closing thought with the listeners and then the best place where they could get a hold of you.
0: So closing thought I think is that we should all share our perspectives on personalized medicine from whatever area of healthcare that we work and work together to improve outcomes for all of the patients. And where they can get a hold of me is probably go to astartebio.com. Check out our phone number there. We're a small group. Just call in, and if I have time, I'll be happy to talk.
1: Well, there you have it, listeners, an invitation to reach out and a phenomenal interview today with Anne. And I really appreciate you taking the time with us, Anne, today and and for for providing this inspiration to think beyond the conventional to improve outcomes. So really want to thank you again for making time for us.
0: Uh, You're very welcome, Saul. A fun conversation to have with you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket
0: podcast.